Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? No, you know, very little has changed. Very little has happened. I did finish reading a book last night. Um, another another Skylar Reads recommendation here for you. Um, it was called Think Again by Adam Grant. And he this book is uh, it's like brand new, just came out. And it's all about the kind of science of our thought processes and how we can do better living our lives every day thinking like a scientist who's constantly experimenting and reevaluating instead of thinking like someone who's like made up their mind about everything and that's just the way things are you know and so like you know si simply it's like as you get older it's a lot easier for you to continue to stop thinking about new things mm-hmm and you need to work harder uh, as you get older to keep thinking about new things. So it was good. It was it was an interesting take. A uh, big part of the end of this book that, that again hit me like a shit ton was reframing your work to be like a thing, like it's an action you do. It's not an identity you wear. And it's like that if in that that not only reframes like people's pursuit of career in that like when you stop seeking like and not just say you shouldn't like find something that makes you feel good or be happy sure. but he's like you know if you find if you find a job that you can find a good purpose in mm -hmm. it's not as important that you feel joy when you're doing the job so much as you can feel that you're contributing to some sort of purpose right mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that, that that's like a better indicator of retention than like joy or happiness at a job actually is, is yeah. purpose in a job. It might make you feel a lot of things that you are going to kind of wrestle with for a while. <laughs> Great. Good to know. <laughs> Good to Speaking know. From experience as a person who at 20 was like, oh, I'm going to be the artistic director of a Lort regional theater and I am going to be, you know, and my steps to get there are move to Chicago, work in some theaters, go to grad school, get an MFA, work at an artistic director, and then settle down as a professor. And that was entirely the pathway. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. And uh, <laughs> yep. I don't fucking know anymore. Now I'm like, maybe I should open up a pancake art cafe. Ah! That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I Have I not pitched should. that to you? I oh haven't pitched God, that. No. All right, listen. No one steal my idea. Okay, this is my <laughs> idea. Anyone that steals it can fuck right off. Uh, if you want to get in on it, somebody let me know, and we can do it together. Okay, I'm not trying to beat anybody out. Let's just no. do it together. Anyway, I'm Skyler, and Hi, I'm Megan. not very good at pancake art, but I Hi. do like to talk about Boy Meets World. That's fair. <laughs> I'm Megan. I've never even attempted pancake art. And I love to talk about Boy Meets World as well. And today, you've never attempted. You have you never even made a Mickey Mouse pancake? I haven't. But I also am not. What? Huge, I'm not huge on. I'm not huge on pancakes in general. All right. Well, we can just end the podcast. <laughs> that's that's gonna be that. Uh, 
I love pancakes. When it comes to breakfast foods, I'm way more savory than I am sweet. And so if it's like a breakfast, if I'm going out to breakfast, I'd rather have like a skillet or I'd rather have like a big omelet or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you on that. I go for savory brunch when I go out to brunch or anything. But at home, I like to make me some pancakes. That's fair. Anyway. This is season five, episode 12. The episode is called Raging Cory. Obviously a, pr- a play on Raging Bull. This episode is the last episode, only the second, but the last to feature little Cory. Even though he's not very little anymore. <laughs> definitively not the same big. No, absolutely not. not As little big. Cory from Once Upon a Time. But you know what? It's refreshing. This is an interest. That's the one part of this episode I do like is that oh. it, it acknowledges little Corey and the and the existence of him. And, and but what happened with little Corey? Didn't he go to a farm? I thought so. I could have sworn that we ended the episode on like a Sean wants to keep him, but he should probably go somewhere else. But maybe we didn't, because that was Topanga's whole point. She was like, hey, we mm-hmm. should get rid of this pig, and he should go live somewhere else. And Sean's like, no, I want him. He's mine. I'm going to look. I'm going to look and see if I have the notes. Is that was season three? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Oh, I, my last note for that episode. So we first see him in season three, episode six. The episode title is This Little Piggy. The first, or my very last note on that page for that episode was, so what actually happened to the pig? I guess we didn't actually come to a conclusion at the end of that episode as to what happened to the pig. So now here we see him years later with Sean in the apartment. So he must have just moved in with Chet and Sean when he left Turner's and then must have moved in with him and Jack. Now he lives with him and Jack. Last, right, is it my turn this is the last time. So yes, your turn. All right. This is going to be a hard one. This episode, I, one of the reasons I think I don't like it is because I, Right, I like it. One of the reasons I think I'm not like obsessed with it is because it feels really long. Yes, uh, it does. A lot happens. It is. A lot happens. It's so jam-packed. I believe in you. So Corey gets mad and wants to play basketball, but Alan doesn't want to play basketball with him. And so Corey pushes him, and then Corey goes to stay with Sean and Jack, and then Jack's ceiling falls in, so Jack has to stay with Sean in his room. And Sean and Jack start fighting because they live in a mess, but they get together because they're happy brothers. Meanwhile, Eric and Alan and Corey go skydiving, and then Eric is like, why don't we talk? And Alan's like, we talk. And he's like, no, we don't. And so then they go to a museum, and they talk, and... That's, I guess, kind of it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, (laughs) you did it. 30 seconds. I did it. I did it. But I definitely I was like trying to make it brief on purpose because I knew if I got details in there, I wasn't going anywhere. So there's details. But, you know, you know, we'll get it. You know, that's fine. What'd you learn? I learned and I think one of the reasons that I like this episode is uh, the uh, meaning of it feels very relative to the show but what I specifically took from it is that relationships are very relative and so when you're in a relationship romantic or a family relationship or a friendship you need to tell your partner what you need and if they want to continue to cultivate that relationship then they will start to kind of acquiesce to that and you can build your relationship more simply because you, I, and that's, again, 
I, this episode is so like it's so open and so fluid. You don't have to have a full relationship with somebody. I have plenty of people where I go to work and we're friends at work and then I leave and we don't talk outside of work and that's fine. I don't need to have like a close, intimate, personal relationship with every single person that I work with, every single person I interact with. It's all relative. It's what you want from that relationship. And if someone else wants to also have that investment in the relationship, which in a father and son situation, you should, like your dad should want to invest in you as as a son. And you should also want to, if if your relationship is good you and you want to invest more in your father as well, good on you, like go for it. But it's very, it's all very relative as to what you need in relationships and who you choose to grow those relationships with. That was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Okay. I'm into that. I think my takeaway is to try to live with a spirit of abundance instead of a spirit of scarcity. Okay. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people, myself included, are pretty scarcity minded. I believe that to be a pretty biological like thing for homo sapiens and that like we're pretty scarcity minded in general, uh, like predisposed to a scarcity mindset because once upon a time when we were hunting and gathering, you know, it, it could be a minute between resources, right? And so sure. you got what you got, you got to hang on to that. And, and, and kind of hoard that, right? And you can't share because there's may not be enough to go around, okay? But an abundance mindset would be that there is always enough to go around. This is a, a kind of anthropological way to say that Alan contains an abundance and, and can share that with everybody. You know, and that Absolutely. we all we all contain an abundance, right? Or we mm -hmm. contain multitudes. As <laughs> basically, there's enough dad to go around. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what's important is that everyone needs to realize that Corey, Eric, and Alan. I don't think it's any one person that doesn't realize that. I think that Corey and Eric both feel there's not enough dad for both of us, which I was, you know, Alan is, is old and tired. And I respect that. Okay. Like <laughs> he's, he's worked hard and he's old and tired, but does in fact, obviously acknowledge later that there are two sons who need one whole dad each. Yes. Um, so anyway, try to approach your relationships with a spirit of abundance. Nice. That is nice. that is my philosophical takeaway this time. So why do you think so, yeah. you this this episode does not resonate with you? And like you said, as you feel it should. Yeah, let's. So you know, I I want it to because I like what I just said. All right, I like <laughs> that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I like what I have to say. No, I like that idea. And I like the intention of this episode and the relationship building. And I even think there's a good bit of comedy in it too. I think, I think my number one problem is that it almost feels overstuffed in that, in that we follow really three plot lines that I feel like could all be their own a plot. Yeah. Um, 
In like a and yet we, multiple parter or just in three random separate episodes? That three random separate episodes. Okay. Um I I I don't need to see three episodes in a row of each of these playing out. I'm just saying like Corey and, and Alan, the first half of the episode and that issue resolves itself, you know, midway through, and then we turn our attention to Eric and Alan. And I feel like each of those really could could be their own whole episode. And then sure. the Jack and Sean stuff is fun and I enjoy that. But it also, if they wanted to go further on that, could be its whole own episode too. Sure. I I agree less on that, but yes. All right. That's kind of like a big reason for me is that it feels like this is just like an overstuffed episode. That's fair. And that it's, it, there's, there's a lot, a lot that happened. Yeah, there is a lot. That in this baked potato. The reason I agree less about Sean and Jack, I think is just because we've seen this. We're, we're seeing this, like, it's like giving us a sprinkle every episode. So I guess they could give us one whole episode of this. But I would almost prefer a little sprinkle of it here and there because I don't know if I'm interested in seeing an entire episode of Sean and Jack have the same conversation that they're having in multiple ways, I guess. Because it would be like, oh, well, this is how I grew up. Oh, this is how I grew up. Oh, weird. Let's find a happy middle ground. Okay. Well, this is how I grew up. This is how I, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, let's find a happy middle ground. So like maybe them doing things like as a, I don't know, like a music montage of them ice skating and going fishing and going camping or something. That kind of would be funny. That sounds like a blast. Yes. That kind of would be funny, but I don't, I don't know if I necessarily need a whole episode of this conversation because this is a conversation that we continuously have with them. It's it's kind of a deja vu, even from the last episode, where um, they were like, okay, well, my family would go skiing in the Alps for Christmas. And Sean's like, okay, well, we didn't do anything. We just were thankful for what we had. And it's just kind of a, a mm. replay of that. But in this episode, it's so good. It's just unbelievably so funny. Jack and Sean are... Mm-hmm. I love that Jack's like, he says something about what being on the wrestling t- or the boxing team or something like that. And then he does this like a little leg thing. And Oh my God, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. It is fun. I, I got, I thought it was weird when the fucking audience reaction to the shot of them in bed together. And there's, oh, I don't know yeah. if you clocked this, the first time we see the two of them laying down in bed, the audience goes, Ooh, and it was like, okay, gross. What? No, stop. There These are two another... fully clothed brothers yes. in this scenario. Like, what are we doing at? Well, and the thing about the B plot in this is it's very interesting to me because I think it takes the it takes place over the course of two nights because they're both in different clothes when we see them actually wrestling the first night when they're going through the whole light thing and the whatever. But Corey only stays one night. So why is Jack staying in there another night? Why doesn't he go sleep on the couch? And my other note was. I don't like in in lieu of the audience going, ooh, there's also another moment where Jack says something like, uh, say uncle to your big brother. And it just like it gave me I didn't like that. I didn't like that. It's, it just <laughs> gave me a weird it gave me a weird vibe. I was like, no, 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 I don't care mm-hmm, for that. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm looking I need to look at it through the eyes of a child more innocently, but I unfortunately and, and, and stop can't. thinking of how many <laughs> steps away it is from like a strange porn. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Just kind of 
wrong in that way. So anyway, I was a little surprised that this took place over the course of two nights because Corey only stays a night one night. So if I were Jack, I'd be like, okay, bye. I'm going to uh, yeah. I'm going to the couch. <laughs> Uh, so what what else about, you know, I will say the you know, want to know the thing I like most in this episode? Yes. Feeny and his oh. late night little, little gall. That's my I favorite part of the episode. I should have known. It's so good. He's it's so, so funny. It's so funny. He's so mad about it. He's like, I sit, I wait, no one calls. What do you... What's the matter? And then he's like, I'm going to go. Boom. He doesn't even stop moving. He starts no. to turn and just full. He knew. That son yep. of a bitch knew. And then he finishes and gets out of there in like a sentence. I know. I literally, like, literally like says, hmm, that's the thing. And then he bolt. No, because that's all he needed. He knew. I guess, yeah. He was sitting on it for the last eight hours. And he said, oh, God, it's so simple. I just need one of them to say something to me. And then boom, I'll get him with it. <laughs> I love it. He's so I just good. love imagining Feeny like in bed, tossing and turning. Like, why haven't they come to talk to me? Mm-hmm. What the hell? Or well, better like, yet, I imagine him like the several hours before sitting in the backyard yes. with a book, not actually reading it, like flipping through a book that he's mm-hmm. just waiting for someone to come to him. He's not actually reading the book. Yeah. He's just glancing over every now and again. Yep, giving the back door the side eye, like, okay, any, any uh-huh. minute now. <laughs> it's so good. He's so good. And then I love to to imagine that he's in bed, tossing and turning, can't sleep. He sees the light come on through the window of the Matthews house, jumps out of bed and goes to sleep. Yes. I can't fucking take this. Absolutely. Storms over, knocks on a door and is like, you're, oh, good, you're up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I He's he's just brilliant. I, mm-hmm. I love that we've been getting like little glimpses of Feeny. We haven't had like a solid Feeny lesson in a while. We'll get one because we're about to come up to, I think the next episode. Oh, yeah. Ne- next week is a big one. Eskimo. Yeah. Next week's a big Feeney, yeah. So we haven't gotten one in a while, so I'm glad that we're like still having these little moments with Feeney, so that he's not just completely getting lost in the shuffle. And I, these are these are some of my favorites, where the like the Feeney, where he knows, you know, where he's where he's being very self aware of his yeah. of his place and these things, and it's and it's a blast. I, that's one of my favorite Feenies is when he's a self aware Feeney. Absolutely. I don't know. Maybe I do like this episode more than I thought. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I understand the like it being a little long, it being packed full of things. And I do agree with you that I think the Eric and Corey episodes could almost be separated. I would like to see those two sequentially because I feel like the beginning of this episode is Corey kind of having middle child syndrome where he's like, I'm glossed over. Like I have that we sit and talk, but like, do we do things? I want to like do things with my dad, which... I relate to being the baby of the family and a girl. My brother and my dad always did kind of the more sporty things. And I was a very athletic child, so I did those things too, but not to the extent that they did. And I was always like, I want to go out and play with the boys. Like, I want to be with the boys. I I think the reason that I love this episode is because it feels similar to my experience, still different because I was athletic with my dad, but still like I wanted just a little bit more on that side of like, let's do things. Cause my dad is a big doer. Like he's definitely, mm-hmm. he's go, go, go every, um, every, like every uh, trip I have home or anything like that. It's an experience. Like he's very, he makes life an experience and it's so exciting to be around him like that. And I, 
I wanted all of that as a kid. And since I had to split it with an older brother, it was it was a challenge sometimes. Which is, I feel like, very mm. normal, especially for parents of two and for parents of different children of, you know, we're both cisgendered, male and female. So it's difficult when you have that dynamic as well. I think that's the reason that I like this episode so much is just because I it it res- is relatable. And also, again, I love the Eric moments in this episode where he is sporty and we get to see that and then all of a sudden we go to the art museum at the end and he's like well I learned this stuff in school but we never talked about it and there's so many little glimpses that we get in this show of Eric being very artistic later we're going to see him go on to be a great Shakespeare actor and he is artistic it's just not explored because it wasn't cultivated growing up by Alan and he's like he's in a creative writing course like he decided to that was probably an elective that he could have filled with something else and he took creative writing. And so I don't know, there are little glimpses of creative Eric that weren't, we didn't get to cultivate because that was never a priority for his relationship with Alan. And now we get to see that and he's kind of showing us that. And I just love that because I love Eric. Okay. I talked for 45 minutes. It's your turn. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. So I'm trying to, like, relate my own experience to it. You know, I'm the youngest of four boys. and I was going to um, say, you you have, it's, it's so, I feel like similar but different because you also had more than one boy in your family. I mean, we're four boys, and I don't know that I ever really experienced this. I mean, certainly it's not something I have ever thought about in my adult life in some sort of issue. Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't look at my relationship with my dad really in any sort of um, comparative sense. Sure. Uh, to my brothers and their relationships with him, I I feel good about my relationship with my dad. <laughs> yeah. In that, I feel like it is a good, full relationship that acknowledges who both of us are as humans. So, like, I don't know. Um, but you know, I don't know. I'm the baby, so maybe I'm a spoiled old brat after all. Who knows? Well, and you've also um, voiced before that you were very independent from a young age and that you're different than your brothers and that you're kind of the black sheep artistic one of the family. So I feel like that that gives you your own individual. Like, I'm sure if we sat down and had this discussion with another one of your brothers, they may say that they relate a little bit more to this episode than. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the the biggest, if I had to make some assumptions, uh based on just observations, Greg and Trevor, who are both our, our, our middle two, um, you know, they fought the most and, and probably have been through some of the most tense, um, relationships with my, my dad and each other and, and so, so on. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Spencer, my oldest brother, he too had some, some moments there with dad, I guess, but I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe someone would feel differently. I feel like dad um, gave all, you know, we all, we all have fairly similar and equal uh, relationships and that I don't really feel like anyone's being shortchanged. Um, sure. That's not really my, I, I guess I can't make that call for others (laughs) that's sweeping generalization for your whole family (laughs) right 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 right. that's pretty so i i will speak only for myself i suppose in that like i feel good about it um 
Oh yeah, that's not to say that so, I don't feel good about my relationship with my dad. I feel great about my relationship with my dad. Who's your MVP? My MVP is Amy. And I, it's because I think the ball got rolling when Feeney came over and he was just like, he said his sentence and then he left. And I think that kind of kicked it off. But then that was before they went skydiving together. And Eric brought up this whole new issue of like, hey, I don't get this whole complete side of you. Whereas you have never even asked me about this side of me, which is kind of on Alan at that point. He should have been as invested mm-hmm. in Eric's education as Corey's education. I understand that Eric got worse grades than were, were presumed Corey is getting at the moment in high school. But still, uh, Alan should have been present and active in Eric's education. So that's kind of on Alan for that. However, since we have that skydiving scene, then we have one more scene where Amy kind of like sends it home. I feel like Feeney pitches it and Amy really knocks it out of the park um, just because we have that whole additional scene. Wow, there is a lot in this episode. There's a right? whole There's lot so in this much. episode. <laughs> um, I know. That's what I'm saying. So, There's a little too much for me. But I agree with you. Amy's the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I could see she anyone is. making a a uh, argument for Feeney, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think it's, for me at least, it's Amy. And then I think also you just said as well that it's, that's Amy. It's Amy. She gets to yeah, sit down it is. and I agree. say... She gets to sit down because she's actually like, you know, like Feeney can come over and, and provide his wisdom and whatever. But since Amy is the mom of these kids as well, and she has her own separate, full, complete relationships with all of these kids, she gets to sit down and be like, OK, now we have to talk about your full and complete relationships with these kids, especially when it relates to your sons. Because I feel like there's a stereotype, obviously, for dads who have sons, they have to be like, we're going to go out and toss the ball and I'm going to teach their little league and we're going to like, I'm going to show them how to throw a football and like, we're going to do all this like manly stuff. And like, there's this whole Mm -hmm. stereotype that Alan fit with Eric. And then when Corey came along, he wasn't as athletic. And so then he was like, okay, we have to adapt, but he never adapted for Eric. It was just always the same. Mm-hmm. He just never adapted. And so then it, now this yeah. is Alan learning, hey, you need to, you should have adapted sooner, but now it's not too late and we need to start now. It's never too late to start thinking again. Yeah. It all comes back to the book. It all comes back to the book. Oh my God. Full circle. Goes all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Goes anyway. all the way to the top. <laughs> bet, you, bet you didn't realize I talked about that book at length because it was going to be central to my thesis on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny because when you were talking, I was like, okay, uh, that paragraph I'll probably cut, but I definitely want to keep that in. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep, and now you know that we've we got it all the way back, I'm like, all right, we got to, we, I'll keep, I'll keep a lot of it in. Now you have to keep it. Ha ha ha. I know, right? <laughs> no, that's okay. This is this is your your darling baby that I trust you to edit successfully. So cut what you need to cut. <laughs> also, but, but keep last... this keep this part where we talk about what where we cut. talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My last note is it's more of like a cont- well, not a continuity thing. Even it's it's that no way in hell would they be jumping out of an airplane without a guide on their first jump. No way in hell. 
Yeah, you can't. You can't Even do that. They make you go with a buddy. Yep, you always have to go with a buddy unless you take a training course and then you can go by yourself. But even your first jump is still with a guide. Like there's no way in hell right. they jump you by themselves. So funny. No, no, no. That is absolutely not how it would go. But nope. it is a good time when he jumps out of the plane instead of talking to yeah. him. Oh my god! You hit the ground and started running. <laughs> So funny. Oh, man. So it's, it's, that's one of my favorite jokes in the episode. Mm hmm. Well, that, those well, that's are all about things. it, huh? Yeah. We are okay. on the things. We are on Instagram at the Feeny Call Podcast. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Feeny Call. You can send us an email, Feeny Call Podcast at Gmail. What do you think that the uh, statue was representing? Do you agree with Eric? Or is it something else? It's abstract, so there's no wrong answers. We got some good episodes coming up. Heavy Feeny one next week. Also Heartbreak Corey in, what, two weeks? So get mm -hmm. ready. Everyone, buckle in. It's happening. We're calling Linda Cardellini. We're get ready. calling Linda Cardellini? Yeah, huh? personally, on her personal cell phone. I'm, I'm prepared. Oh, okay. We're going to ask her on the show. That's cool. Linda Cardellini will be here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she will Jesus, be on the show. That, I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be amazing. I haven't really kept up. I don't know. Like, I've seen her and stuff other than this, obviously. But, like. Her latest uh, thing was Dead I, to Me. And it was so yeah. good. So good. We, we should just watch have, it. Like, a If I'm being show. honest. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was going to let you go ahead. No, if no, I'm no. being honest. Um. I would probably just talk to her about Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 <laughs> Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> yes, that would be a big one. That would be. We should have a bonus show where we just talk about Linda Cardellini and everything that she's done. Because I also just finished my I mean, Avengers rewatch. And she is, she is one of the best wives, too. Like, her and Judy Greer, I'm just like, mm -hmm. what? What stellar casting by Marvel? You can also leave us a voicemail. So there's a link in our bio for it and a link in our Instagram, or sorry, there's a link in the episode description and a link in our Instagram bio. So leave us a voicemail if you have uh, thoughts on this episode, thoughts on coming episodes. Um, yeah, just let us know. We are also now in 1998. This was the first episode that premiered in 98. So happy 1998, everybody. Here we are. Oh my God, we made it. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. We appreciate your time. Yes. Uh, come on back. Same bat channel, same bat time. <laughs> and as always, class dismissed.